All right, well, today we are uh, beginning a new series in the book of Proverbs, and we're going to be looking at it for the next eight weeks, so we're going to be here for a while. And I want to begin by just kind of summarizing the, the message of Proverbs in a nutshell. So if you want to know the message of the book in just one little sentence, here it is. So uh, the message of Proverbs is this, the difference between a person who flourishes in life and a person who doesn't is not the stuff we usually get preoccupied with. It's not mostly money, it's not mostly health or talent, it's not IQ, it's not good looks. Basically, it is, the proverb says, wisdom, or the ability to make really good choices. That's what makes the difference between a person who flourishes in life and someone who flounders, according to the Proverbs. And so I want to begin this morning by, talk, by thinking just a little bit about decisions and the types of decisions that we make on a daily basis. And so I was reading an article this past week that says the average person makes roughly 70 conscious decisions in a day. So a lot of what we do, we do by habit, and so it kind of ha- happens automatically. But the average person today, tomorrow you're gonna make roughly 70 decisions. Now this means that in one year, you will make 25,550 decisions. And then over the span of 70 years, over the span of about a lifetime, you will make roughly 1,788,500 decisions. So I was calculating this for my own life, and what this means is that me, at my age, which I won't tell you, I have made at this point over a million decisions. And when you think about that, that's significant because that's your life. The decisions you make, all of those things together, those are kind of your life. As Albert Camus said, life is the sum of all of your decisions. So when you think about that, and and it's pretty sobering, isn't it? You think about the decisions we make and how they're kind of building and shaping and forming our life. And then you think about how easy it is to make a bad decision. You know what I mean? I was thinking about some of the worst decisions I've ever made. And I thought back to when I was in my 20s. And uh, this particular time, I was dating my wife, my future wife, Anita. And uh, I was on my way to her house, and I got in my parents' brand new car. I was driving their new car, and I was rounding the corner, and I decided I wanted to listen to a CD, and so I put it in the CD player. I think it was Michael W. Smith. It was the early 90s. And so I put it in the CD player, and when I looked up, it was too late. I ran into the back of my neighbor's RV. Sewage went everywhere because we ran into the septic tank. My parents' new car was absolutely totaled. It was ruined. My reputation, my relationship with my neighbor was ruined. My uh, relationship with Anita was almost ruined because the money I, I used to fix the car was engagement ring money. And I remember just thinking, if I could just go back, if I could just go back and change that one little tiny decision to put the CD in the CD player, I mean, it wasn't even a good CD. You know, Michael W. Smith, it was just like Nirvana or like, you know, Counting Crows or something like that. But if I could just go back and change that one little decision, and maybe you relate to this. Maybe you've got decisions that you've made that you deeply regret. And you think, if I could just go back uh, to that, you know, maybe that season of life, or I could just go back to that decision I made in college, or if I could just go back to that decision that ended that relationship or started that relationship, if I could just go back, it happened so fast and I wasn't even thinking clearly, if I could just rewind time and change that one little decision. You see, decisions are hugely significant. 
and they end up forming and shaping our lives. And so when you think about all the decisions we make and how easy it is to make a bad one and how bad decisions really end up blowing up your life, don't they? You think about it. A bad decision can cost you your marriage, your health, your financial well-being, relationships, children, a career, happiness, and even your soul. And so here's the question I want to begin this morning uh, to ask as we look at the Proverbs is, how do we make good decisions? And of course, the answer that the Proverbs gives us is wisdom. This is why uh, in Proverbs 16, it says that wisdom is much better to acquire than silver or gold. To gain understandly, understandly, Stanley, Stanley, uh, no, to, to gain understanding is more desirable than all the wealth in the world. So what is wisdom anyway? If it's so crucial, if we needed to make really, really good decisions, what is wisdom anyway? How do I know that I've got it? How do you know that you've got it? That's what we're going to look at today. So we're going to do it by looking at uh, Proverbs chapter 8. And uh, Proverbs chapter 8 is a, is a really interesting chapter. It's a famous chapter because in it, uh, wisdom is personified. Wisdom is a woman, Lady Wisdom. And she's a street preacher. She's out in the public and she's out on the streets, streets and she's calling out to people, come and listen and gain wisdom, gain understanding. Figure out what it means to be prudent. And as we look at Lady Wisdom Call, I think we learn three things about the nature of wisdom. So what is wisdom? There are three things that she tells us. Number one, wisdom is, if you're taking notes, skill at life. Number two, wisdom is the proper application of knowledge. And number three, wisdom is a generous gift. Three things today. What is wisdom? It's so important. We need it to make good decisions. Well, first of all, Wisdom is skill at life. So notice uh, wisdom calls out on the heights beside the way, it says in verse two, on the crossroads she takes her stand besides the gates in front of the town. At the entrance of the portal she cries aloud, to you, O men, I call, and my cry is to the children of man. Simple ones learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. Now, what we need to see is that wisdom is skill at life, or as one scholar said, wisdom is skill in regard to the realities of life. Now, the world of the problem, Proverbs, the reality of the Proverbs, is a world that is ordered, and it's a world that makes sense. Uh, the world of the Proverbs is not willy-nilly, it's not random, it's not a world of accidents and chance, a world that makes no sense at all. No, no, no. The world of the problems, pro 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 of Proverbs is ordered, there's a fabric to it, it makes sense, there is cause and effect, there's a rhyme and a reason. There's a fabric to the world. That means that in this world, uh, uh, decisions have consequences. You sow things and you reap things. You do things that end up having certain ramifications. It's a world of order and fabric. And, that, and that's because uh, what Proverbs goes on to say is that there is wisdom built into the fabric of God's world. Later on, wisdom says, I was with God at the very beginning when he created the world. Uh, God, wisdom is, is there at creation, helping God create. And what it's saying there is that, that wisdom is part of the fabric of God's world. It's built in there. It's baked into the way the world works. And so the wise person 
is observant about the reality of the world and they learn how to fit themselves into it. I love what J.R. Packer said. He said, the wise are realists who adjust to the way things are. They develop the skill at fitting in. And and in other words, uh, foolishness then is being out of touch with reality. So a wise person uh, learns the fabric and they learn how to fit into the fabric. It's kind of like if, you, if you're a, a woodworker and you, and you work with um, uh, making things out of wood, uh, you learn how to cut a, with the grain of the wood. And there's a grain to reality. And if you cut against the grain of reality, just like you cut against the grain of wood, you get splinters. And so the, the proverb says that when you do certain things, you get in trouble for it. It's not like God is punishing you, or if you do good things, God is rewarding you. It's like reality is just built a certain way. And when you go against the grain of reality, you get splinters. God doesn't punish you. Reality punishes you, right? Or when you do the right things, when you're a wise person and you make good decisions, reality rewards you because you are fitting into the order of God's creation. Wisdom is in there. And the wise person learns how to fit in. So I was thinking about some of the things that are just true about reality that the Proverbs tells us. And so here's a few things. Uh, Here's one thing that's true. The more you talk, the less people listen. That's just true about the reality of life. Try it sometime. Here's another one. If, If your word is no good, people will stop trusting you. Here's another one. Trying to cure distress the same, with the same thing that caused it only makes things worse. Here's another one. If you refuse to work hard and take pains, you are unlikely to do much of any consequence. It's wisdom. Here's another one. Boasting of your accomplishments does not make people admire you. Another one. Envying others who have more than you do will rot your bones. And finally, committing adultery may feel good in the moment, but it will end up in deep sorrow. Now, these are just things that are true about life because God created life. And when you transgress these things, it's not that God necessarily punishes you. You're going against the grain of reality and you get splinters. And so a wise person is observant about God's world and they learn how to adjust themselves to God's good reality. Wisdom is fitting in. Foolishness is being out of touch with reality. And you think about people, you know, I, I, I know a guy that is just someone in my life, and he, should, he is foolish, and he just makes decisions that I can just see it coming. I can just see him, no, 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 don't, don't treat your wife that way. Don't say that. If I said, no, no, don't say that. It's going to be a problem, and sure enough, it is. And he's gone through one marriage and another one and another one. It's because he's a fool. Or I think, no, don't buy that. Don't buy that. You don't have enough money for that. I couldn't even, no, no, don't buy that. And so he ends up doing it, and now he's, he's in debt. And it's not necessarily that God is punishing him. Life is punishing him. Because foolishness is being out of touch with reality. Wisdom is built into the fabric. When you go against the grain, you get splinters. And so we must learn how to accommodate. And because of this, Proverbs is a wonderful book for our time. Because Western people, modern Western people, are all about conforming reality to our own needs, aren't we? You do you. 
You just live however you want, the way you want, the way you want to do it. It's all about you. And if reality doesn't agree with you, you shape reality to meet your own needs. But I love what C.S. Lewis says. Uh, This is in an old book um, called The Abolition of Man. He said, for the wise men of old, the cardinal problem had been how to conform the soul to reality. The solution was wisdom. But today, the problem is how to subdue reality to our own wishes. And the solution is technique. So Proverbs is an old book. It's ancient. It has such wisdom for us today. And it says, listen, don't try to conform reality to your own will. Maybe that works with inventing technology, but it doesn't work with life. The wise person learns how to fit into reality. We have the the ability to observe and to humbly submit ourselves to the way the world works. And and if we do that, the Proverbs Proverbs says we flourish in life. Proverbs is skill in regards to the realities of life. And this is also why Proverbs is kind of about common grace, something called common grace. There are certain things that come to Christians because of special grace, salvation and forgiveness and the Holy Spirit. But common grace is just things that God gives to all people who are living in his world. And this means that wisdom is something that comes to not just Christians, but non-Christians. There are some non-Christians that are actually wiser than believers because they're more observant about life. Right? It's just anybody who will look out and see, you know, if I work hard, chances are I'm going to do things in life. If I'm wise with my words, chances are I'll have better relationships. So wisdom is something that is available to all who will observe and take note and pay attention to reality. Are you skilled at re- the realities of life? You may be skilled at a lot of things. You may have worked hard and become really good and expert at so many things in life, but are you skilled at life? Because you need to be if you're going to make really good decisions. Okay, so Proverbs is skill in regard to the reality of life. Second of all, uh, Proverbs is the application of knowledge. So as you go through here, uh, wisdom uh, talks about uh, knowledge, Uh, Wisdom talks about wisdom. Wisdom talks about understanding. She talks about sense and prudence and discretion. And uh, I want you to see that these are not all synonyms. If you look in Webster's Dictionary, uh, if you look up knowledge, it will give synonyms to knowledge, and it says understanding, wisdom, prudence. These are not all the same. There is a difference between knowledge and wisdom. And what Proverbs will tell us is that wisdom is the proper application of knowledge, which we really need today, don't we? What's interesting is that uh, knowledge in our world is is increasing by the minute. Uh, We live in the information age. And uh, there's a guy named uh, Buckminster Fuller. Uh, He wrote a book called The Critical Path. He's a a futurist and a systems theorist, and he came up which was called the knowledge, something called the knowledge doubling curve. And this was the amount of time that it takes for the cumulated knowledge of the world to double. And this is what he said in the book. He said, from the the year of Jesus' birth, it took 1,500 years for the cumulative knowledge in human civilization to double. But from there, it took 250 years for it to double again. And from there, it doubled every 100 years up to World War II. After that, it doubled every 25 years until the 90s, 
where it doubled every 12 to 13 months. So knowledge is like, it's skyrocketing. And then he said, by most estimates, researchers put the number at every 12 hours today. The cumulative knowledge in all of the world doubles. That means by the time you go to bed tonight, the knowledge in the world will have doubled. Now, this is great, isn't it? I'm glad that knowledge is increasing. I'm glad that I can go on Google and find out just about anything I want in life. But there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge will help you understand how to build a bomb, and wisdom gives you the ability to know how to use it. Knowledge will give you the ability to create a wonderful technology like the iPhone. Wisdom helps you understand how to use it and how often to use it. Wisdom is the application of knowledge which we need so desperately in the modern world. We need to know how to use the knowledge we've got because you can be drowning in knowledge and be starving for wisdom. You, know how to, you need to know how to use it and how to apply it and how to fit it into to the way the world works so that, so that your life actually gets better. We need more than knowledge, and we need more even than religious and biblical knowledge. Many of us know our Bibles. In a church like ours, we value uh, sermons and books and Bible knowledge, but it's possible to have all sorts of knowledge of the Bible and to know Scripture and to know theology, and yet to have very little wisdom. And what we need is the ability to apply the knowledge that we've got. Wisdom, in other words, there's a knowledge and there's a doing gap. Uh, James says, be doers of the word. But there's a gap between the knowledge that you have and actually doing the knowledge that you have. And and the way you close the gap is by getting wisdom. Wisdom is having the prudence and the insight and the wherewithal and the, the ability to be present enough to think about your life and apply the things that you learned on Sunday morning, on Monday, or on Monday morning. We need that application. And wisdom helps us to have that. And so wisdom is the application of knowledge. And, you know, I was thinking about this. There's one guy, I remember way back in seminary, there was a guy that I, I read his books, and he was a very, very smart man who knew all sorts of Bible knowledge. And, and uh, I remember he came to our town, which was New Haven, to give a lecture at a church. And I was so excited. I, I was like, my man, Anita, let's go listen to this guy give a lecture. And so he went, we listened to his lecture. It was great. And I had some issues in my life, and I thought, you know, maybe if I go ask him a question about some things going on in my life, he'll just give me some, some insight into it. He's so smart. He's so wise. He knows so much of the Bible. And so after the sermon, we waited in line, and we went to go talk to him. And I went up, and I, and I laid out my problem to him. And this man was rude. He was curt. He gave me the worst advice. He was kind of mean. And I remember just thinking, wow, that was, Anita, what did you think about that guy? And Anita was like, that, she wanted to fight him. And Anita said, that man is a fool, is what she said. He was so knowledgeable, but he had no clue how to apply that knowledge in normal life. You will make good decisions when you learn how to apply the knowledge that you've got in normal life. Because there's so much of life that, you know, you may know your Bible, but 
the Bible does, you need to, it doesn't directly apply. So, so in other words, there, you, know, there, you may know all the moral rules, and the Bible tells you a, a lot of what to do in life. Don't commit adultery, don't lie, don't steal. But there's a whole host of things in life that the, where the rules don't specifically apply. Right? Do I take this job or that job? Do I marry this person or that person? Uh, do I spend my money like this or like that? Do I use these words or those words? And you could look through your Bible and you won't find the answer to that ex- specific question. You need to be able to apply the principle to the specific situation. And that's wisdom. And the Bible uh, gives you lots of laws against all sorts of uh, immorality, but listen, the Bible doesn't give any commands against such character flaws as abrasiveness, impulsiveness, emotional fragility, disorganization, and all of these things can absolutely muck up your life. And you need wisdom to be able to see those things in your life and to adjust your life so that you can obey the, the principle. There's no command in the Bible that tells you what to post on Facebook. You need wisdom to know. You need to be able to apply the knowledge of love and understanding. There is no law that tells you how to speak to your husband at home or your wife at home, what words to use. There's no law about about what words to use for someone who's suffering. You just need wisdom to know what, what are the right words to tell that person. And wisdom is the application of knowledge because we need to know, that, be able to determine the difference between not only right and wrong, but the good, the best, and the better. And that's wisdom. There's, and we need to know what to do in the right situation because every situation calls for a different response, doesn't it? And that's why what's interesting, when you look at the Proverbs, some of the Proverbs contradict each other. Did you know that? So let me give you an example. This is one proverb. Proverbs 26.4 says, Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will be just like him. That's a proverb. And then Proverbs 26.5 say this, says this, Answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes. So what is it? Do I answer the fool or do I not answer the fool? The answer is sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. And wisdom is the ability to know the difference in that specific situation. You see, you may have Bible knowledge. You may know what all the rules tell you to do, but there are 80% of life situations where the exact rules don't apply, and you need wisdom to know what to do in those situations. And this is why all the way through the Bible, uh, when you read all the best characters who, who were not only moral, but just had beautiful uh, lives, uh, people like Joseph and Moses and Joshua and David and Abigail and Solomon and Daniel and Stephen and Paul and even Jesus, the Bible says all of those people had wisdom. And wisdom is that wonderful ability to apply the knowledge that you've got. So wisdom is what? It's skill in regard to the realities of life. There's a reality to the world. Wise people fit themselves into that reality. And second of all, wisdom is application of knowledge. It's not only being, having lots of knowledge or even Bible knowledge. It's knowing how to apply that knowledge, those principles, in all of life's unique, specific situations. And you need wisdom for this. 
Finally, and this is my, my favorite uh, part, wisdom is an indiscriminate or generous gift. Wisdom is a gift. And so as you go through here, uh, notice uh, Lady Wisdom is offering, offering wisdom to everyone. She says, does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads she takes her stand. Besides the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portal she cries aloud, to you men I call, and my cry is to the children of man. O simple ones, learn prudence. Of fools learn sense. So notice, who is wisdom offered to? Wisdom is offered to anybody who wants it. Wisdom is a generous, indiscriminate gift. Wisdom is not some hidden thing that some people are invited to get. Where does, she, where does Lady Wisdom go? She goes out, and she's a street preacher. She goes out into the, the street. She goes to the gate of the city where everybody's passing down by, where everybody's going through, and, and she calls to anybody who will listen, come, and I will give you wisdom. Come on, please come in. She wants people to come. You know, I was thinking about this verse, and have you ever driven down uh, Harrison Street, and in front of Liberty Tax Services, there's that person dancing with the sign? dressed in the Statue of Liberty. Why are they doing that? That's so weird. (laughs) The reason why the Lady Liberty is doing that is because she wants to draw your attention. You're going to drive by. You're not even going to notice this thing here, but I want you to come. Come in. Anybody. Everybody. You need to know about this. And this is what wisdom is doing. Wisdom is calling out in the street. To anybody who will listen, and I love this, here's the good news, because it doesn't matter whether you've got a high IQ or a low IQ. You know, some of us just, you know, won the genetic lottery, right? And we grew, we, we just were born smart, right? We just had the, that brain and that ability to figure things out. But wisdom is, ability, is, is, is available to you no matter what your IQ is. She's offering it to everybody. Some of us had the ability to go to great schools. Some of you had the money and the position where you were able to get into an Ivy League school or some other great institution, and so you've had that education in life. But wisdom is available to you whether you've been educated or not. Wisdom is even available to you whether you've blown it in life or not. Who does she offer it to? She says, come in everyone who is simple. Now, in our day and age, simple is like a cool thing. It's like minimalist living. It wasn't a compliment back then. Simple means that basically you're a fool. Are you a fool? Then wisdom is offered to you. Do you want it? Do you need it? Wisdom says, come and get me, because, because she offers it, what Lady Wisdom offers wisdom to anybody who wants it. It's offered to all. There are two caveats, though. Uh, The first thing I want you to see is that it's offered to you only if you will admit that you're a fool. I love that. There was one book that I read on the book of Proverbs this week that was, was entitled, What Kind of Fool Are You? Because all of us are fools in some area of life. Some of us are financial fools, and some of us are angry fools. Some of us are fools with our words. Some of us are lazy fools. Some of us are greedy fools. All of us are fools. The question is not whether you're a fool or not, but what kind of fool are you? 
And if you're willing to admit your foolishness, well, then wisdom is available to you. Tim Keller is one of my favorite preachers, and he says, when I was 30 years old, I looked back at my 20-year-old self and all the dumb decisions I made at 20, and I said, what a fool I was at 20. But then he says, when I was 40 years old, I looked at my 30-year-old self, and I was like, man, what was I thinking? I was such a fool at 30. And he says, now I'm 50 years old, and I look at my 40-year-old self, and I was like, man, what was I thinking there at 40? I was such a fool when I was 40. He's like, you know what that means? That means that right now I'm a fool. I'm making some silly decision that my later self is going to look back and back at and think, what were you thinking? If you will only admit your foolishness, then wisdom is available to you. Uh, the book of James says, do any of you lack wisdom? He says, well, let that person ask of God who gives all liberally without discrimination. All you need to know is recognize, all you need to do is recognize your need for wisdom. Second of all, you need to recognize the source of wisdom. Uh, The source of wisdom here, of course, is lady wisdom. She's the one who gives it out. But what many commentators say is that this is a wonderful picture of Jesus. Uh, He was, just like Jesus was there at the beginning at creation, wisdom is there. And just like Jesus, you remember at one point in his ministry, he stood in the street to anybody who would listen, and he said, come unto me, all who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus offers himself and his rest and his benefits to all who will come to him. And this means that, that if, if you are somebody who's blown it in life, like many of us, and probably all of us have in some capacity, uh, Jesus says, come to me, and in me are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, and I will help make you wise. Wisdom is not easy. It takes a lifetime to develop. It's hard work. Sometimes suffering is something that helps you learn it. It's not easy, and it's work, but it's, it's available to all of us who want it. And the source of wisdom is Jesus. The one who created you also wants to give you wisdom to live in the world that he created. So if you're here and you say, you know, man, I didn't grow up in a good family where I had good parents who taught me wisdom and showed me how to use money and how to be married and how to raise kids. I didn't, man, I I feel like the wisdom train left the building and I wasn't on it. Here's the good news. No matter who you are this morning, no matter what your life has been like, you can have wisdom because the source of wisdom offers it to you. Let me give you some practices to do this next week. I'm gonna end this way in all the Proverbs sermons, but let me give you some things to do. Uh, This week, I want you to first uh, pay attention to your decisions. Remember, all of us make 70 decisions every day, roughly. Are you, paying a decision, are you paying attention to dis, the decisions that you're making? A lot of us think life just happens to me and I don't even, I'm just a victim. No, 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 you're making decisions. Pay attention to the decisions that you're making. Are they wise or are they foolish? Second of all, I want to add to your prayer list. We all have prayer lists for things in life. Add to your prayer list a request for wisdom. At the beginning of every day, before you make all of your 70 decisions, Say, Lord, give me wisdom today. 
Give, give me wisdom as I go to work. Give me wisdom as I talk to my spouse. Give me wisdom as I raise my kids. Give me wisdom as I spend my money. Lord, give me wisdom. James says that if you ask for wisdom, God will give it to you. It's a promise. And thirdly, I want to encourage us to do this as we're going through the Proverbs. Why don't you read a proverb every day? Or maybe a chapter every day. Um, we're going to be going through for eight weeks, so you might have to go and do this twice, but um, read a chapter of the Proverbs uh, every day. And just as we're going through the sermon series, you can be going through it on your own. And hopefully together, we as God's people will grow in wisdom, skill in regard to the reality of, of life, the application of knowledge, and the generous gift. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for uh, the, the passage here that you've given us, uh, chapter 8 of Proverbs, where uh, wisdom is offered to us. And God, we pray that as your people, we would not just be moral or knowledgeable about the Bible, but that we would have wisdom. God, wisdom to raise great children, a wisdom to be good spouses, a wisdom to uh, follow you and to, and to do the things that you're wanting us to do in life. I pray that you would fill us with wisdom. And I pray that you would bless us in Jesus' name. Amen.